Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Heart Talk, presented by Capital Cardiology Associates. Heart Talk is a weekly half-hour program focused on heart news and trends, healthy lifestyle tips, and patient education. Any medical information shared during this program is not intended as a substitute for informed medical advice, and you should not take any action before consulting with a healthcare professional. I'm your host, Michael Arce, joined in studio this week by Dr. Heather Stahura. Welcome, Dr. Stahura. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's a first-time visit to Heart it Talk. It is. It is. We, we should have to give you the first-time visit Heart Talk welcome. <laughs> uh, we got to come up with that first. <laughs> She's board certified in internal medicine, cardiovascular disease, and echocardiogram. And she joins us this week to talk about National Wear Red Day, which is coming up on Friday, uh, February 2nd. But first, we're going to start by covering some of the heart news and trends that we're following this week. And two studies published before the holidays in December show that people who eat red meat, but not vegetarians, or people who eat only white meat, such as chicken, produce more of a chemical called TMAO, which has been shown to raise the risk of heart disease. So if you were surfing through your Apple news feed or looking through the newspapers and you saw some sort of headline that said people who eat red meat have a greater risk of heart disease, this is this thing they were talking about, this TMAO. They show that people that have a diet heavy in red meat can change, that can change the kidney function. And a surprising finding is that it raises more questions about the overall effects of red meat on the body. But when it comes to the heart in particular, people are always concerned with the, is it okay to eat a steak uh, for my heart health? I think this is a really interesting topic that you guys bring up. Um, I'm actually big with educating my patients, my family members and friends that we do have to do a better job of eating non-animal based proteins. Um, and it kind of ties into this uh, topic as, as well. So TMAO is actually something that's produced when you eat the red meat, your gut microbiome breaks it down and creates more of this TMAO product, let's say. They have found that that's directly linked. The higher levels of this do have higher risk of stroke, cardiovascular disease, and peripheral vascular disease. Um, so this, I think, is is evolving. We'll probably find out more information. But this would stress us to have more things like um, soy-based, uh, you know, maybe not as much uh, uh, animal milks you would take in, pushing some more um, things like uh, tofu, let's say. Uh, a couple times a week would be helpful as well to try to cut down in the elevations of the TMAO. I can see how trying to get someone who's been conditioned to the American way of mm-hmm. life and eating their you know steak and potatoes inject more tofu. Oh, into it your doesn't. Diet. Yeah, yeah. It's very. It yeah. Should be in my clinic visits for myself. It's very much like this. It's, you know, I think it, then with those people who I see that they have a little bit resistance to trying more like the uh, chickpeas, uh, tofu, different options. Maybe we try more and say, okay, let's focus on less red meats and try some more turkey. Let's try to incorporate some more fish into your diet. Mm. And it's great. You can say it with a smile because that's got to be the toughest part. People assume like, what is the conversation going to be like with my doctor? What are they going to tell me? And often you hear the patient saying, oh, my doctor said I can't do this anymore and I can't do. But it didn't sound like you were saying any no. of those things at all. See, Very I'm a positive. real person, too. I mean, did I have ice cream this week? I did. Right. right? right. I, I'm a real person, too. But I think we focus on trying to reduce the amounts of these 
harmful foods that we're ingesting as Americans and trying to focus on some all different alternatives, try to get some more healthier foods in there, but still, you know, having that steak once in a while, albeit maybe just a smaller portion. Yeah, sounds great. I like this. I like you're here. This is great. Um, another story we're following. I'm a big fan of the uh, Apple Watch. Uh, CNET has tested the new Apple Watch against the traditional EKG. We did a program on the Apple Watch uh, probably back in September or uh, October, maybe November, if you want to check the Heart Talk uh, archives, because I know a lot of folks do. But uh, what we have learned that while the Apple Watch can now detect changes in the heart rhythm to get a definitive diagnosis, uh, diagnosis, doctors need more information. And that's like one of the the key things when you start reading about the Apple Watch mm -hmm. and the EKG mm -hmm. as they start talking about the lead. Now, there's other devices like cardio band that uh, let you take a, an EKG outside of your doctor's office. And Apple's now seeing competitors like uh, Under Armour, uh, Fitbit. They're also working on uh, heart rate monitoring mm -hmm. tech as well. The key thing is, is that, you know, we're now living in a time where someone can wear something on their wrist and kind of get a instant thumbs up, thumbs down. But there's the deeper understanding that you really need to understand, to, to know and maybe have that conversation with your doctor when it comes to heart rate monitoring. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that it's, it, this is a great place to start and something wearable on your wrist that you can take with you every day or wear overnight even um, is a good place to start. I do have to say, I don't think that the quality of what we're wearing on our wrists is the same of what we do in our office for our patients with our different um, home monitoring systems. But I think that if you had concerns or if you have risk factors for things like atrial fibrillation, this would be a great place to start. This alerts you that there's something abnormal it's seeing every morning, let's say, and then we can better help attack these things with our patients, keep them healthy and safe. That's great. Uh, another story that we're following is after the running and aerobics boom of the 1970s, large numbers of, this was the word I was afraid to talk about today, <laughs> septuagintarians uh, have stuck with this exercise and they've been exercising regularly for the past 50 years. Uh, in a study in the Human Performance Laboratory at Ball State University, researchers found, and I love this quote, that 75-year-old men and women have the same cardiovascular health compared to a 40 to 45 year old because they've just been exercising. The healthiest group in this uh, study had a history of participating in structured exercise four to six days a week for a total of about seven hours a week. Now, that is really not a lot if you think about the number of days in a week and if, hey, if I can just get in a 30 minute session here, 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 and here, I could be putting myself in the same heart health condition 30 years younger in the future. Absolutely. And I mean, this is this this is important. We talk about this myself, my colleagues and our patients every day. There is no magic pill out there. I think we've all for years been surfing, searching for these magic fixes. And really, what we've just been talking about is how we fix things. You're born with what you're born with in your genetics. Can't really change too much of that. But just simple things like exercising and trying to make it easier, or I'm sorry, um, better health habits with what you're eating, you can literally turn back the clock with some of these things. Mm, very, very encouraging. Uh, another story that we're following is that heart attack symptoms aren't the same for everyone, especially women. And we'll be getting into more of this, mm -hmm. but let's talk about some of it now. I found this Twitter post just so scary last month. A female nurse shared her story where she had a heart attack and 95% of there was a block in her uh, left anterior descending artery. Yes. She's also a nurse, so this is where it was helpful for her to describe all of this. But the scary part is, being a nurse, she says, I'm alive because I called 911. I never had chest pain. It wasn't what you read in pamphlets. I had it off and on for weeks. She described the feeling of what she thought was just muscle strain running up uh, and across her upper back, shoulder blades, and then equally down both arms. 
I don't know what part is more scarier is that a medical professional who's around heart attacks doesn't know it or yes. that women don't feel the classic signs and don't know what they are when they're going through a heart attack or a heart event. And I think radio shows like this are very important of getting that information out there. Um, in the news, in the media, or in movies even, you see this picture of this older gentleman clutching his chest and having these, quote, typical signs of chest pain. And in reality, every day we see people presenting in different ways. As females, we do not present like men. I'm just going to repeat that again. We do not always present the same way as the gentlemen do. A lot of women I take care of started off with having just jaw pain or abnormal neck pain, which came out of nowhere. A lot of women will have numbness, tingling in their hands, maybe some upper back pain where they think they just, you know, did a little bit too much activity the day before. Mm. Or a really big thing is reflux. They think they consistently having this reflux, which is not improved by over-the-counter medications for such things. Um, and they're actually having a heart attack when I see them. Now, we're friends. So mm -hmm. what I always find interesting is, uh, as a guy, I, I get it a lot, and uh, apparently uh, I've earned it. But, you know, I get a cold, and I become the world's biggest baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm always interested that, you know, women are very in tune with their bodies, but how could you just go, ah, I just have this weird stomach pain. I'm, I'm going to tune it out for a couple of days and see if it'll just go away or it'll get better. I joke with my, with my patients as well, too. As women, I think we have this innate sense of being caretakers and focusing on other people sometimes. So I, a lot of the women, when I talk to them, too, and say, you know, what will cause you to wait two days, three days, et cetera, they'll say, well, you know, I had my family to had to take care of. Mm. I had work. And I think we're... Women were tough, but we try to take care of everybody else and sometimes put ourselves on the back burner. And today I want us to know that w we should be first, too. We have to put our health first. Right. And as partners or just family members, mm -hmm. the other key thing is in that how was your day-to-day -day conversation mm -hmm. that we try to have at dinner early? How are you feeling today? That's a good oh, point. You know, yeah. If you pick up on Absolutely. your partner saying, I haven't felt right for a couple days. Great point. Bring kinda, it up. Talk it out. Yeah. Uh, finally, we found that uh, Finnish researchers have... This is a very interesting because I want one of these now. But they found that uh, frequent sauna baths were uh, associated with a reduced risk of heart attack and stroke. Now, this is going to be pretty much impossible for us to pull off in America mm. because there's the big difference here culturally is there's as many saunas as TV sets in Finland. It's going to be yes. very hard to achieve here in America. But they state that the heat therapy helps lower <clears throat> blood pressure. Mm -hmm. I, I know that that's one question that you probably get a lot as a doctor is, hey, doc, after I go to the gym, is it okay if I go sit in the hot room or the, the sauna for a little while? What's the appropriate level and for how long? And I think it goes on a case-by-case -case basis. Uh, just like I talk about physical activity with some of my patients who are – uh, weeks out from a heart attack or some different cardiac issues like uh, congestive heart failure, you do have to tailor each of these things to each patient. But for the most part, yes, yeah, saunas are very safe. I think this study has more to do with that's a certain amount of time where you relax, you kind of maybe do some meditation sort of things when you're in that sauna, like reflecting and calming down. I bet that also plays into helping with blood pressure reduction and overall stress reduction. And I think although we can't replicate this in America, if each of us can try to find something that calms them down after a hard day. I routinely tell everyone, I'm a cook. That's how I try mm. to decompress after work. Long days, I come back, I enjoy to play some music, cook a nice meal, and I kind of decompress that way. So you just got to find what works for you. Gotcha. The other thing is, too, is I like getting into the sauna because I feel like, you mm. know, your exercise, your activity, mm -hmm. you're getting that workout Absolutely. sweat. And now this is the post-workout sweat. Yeah. All that water that you drink is just yeah. getting pushed through those pores, too. Absolutely. Plus, it feels really good yeah, on your muscles it, when you get it. older. <laughs> uh, if health news is important to you, you should sign up for our free weekly email newsletter. That's at Capital Cardiology. 
Com. Capital Cardiology Associates is a benchmark cardiology practice with offices in Albany, Clifton Park, Troy, and Oneonta. Capital Cardiology is the premier cardiology center in upstate New York. With over 30 board-certified physicians and a caring, competent staff, Capital Cardiology offers the highest quality care in a comfortable, supportive atmosphere. For appointment information or to get more detailed looks on our procedures and services, visit us online at CapitalCardiology.com. That's CapitalCardiology.com. And just click on the Start Here button to begin your virtual tour of our practice. This is Heart Talk presented by Capital Cardiology Associates. I'm your host, Michael Arce, joined in studio this week by Dr. Heather Stahura, who's board certified in internal medicine, cardiovascular disease, and echocardiogram. I can get all of that out, but Stahura was the top. <laughs> it freaks everyone out. <laughs> Dr. Stahura is here uh, to join us this week as we talk about National Wear Red Day. It's the first Friday in February, so it's going to be coming up. And they encourage women to wear red to raise awareness about heart disease being the number one killer of women. And I, I find that stat interesting because heart disease is the number one killer of men and women. Mm. But as we pointed out in our earlier story with the nurse and the tweet, mm -hmm. women just don't seem to think that heart disease is something that affects them, I guess. And I'm, I'm so glad you asked me to speak about this. This is something I, I very near and dear to my heart. Personally, um, with my family, I, we have a lot of heart disease that runs in the family as well. And you and I actually talked earlier this week. It's very interesting. I will talk to women, and I, and I like to take this poll and just say, what, what worries you about your future? What health issue do you think is the biggest worry in your future. And unanimously, most women will tell me, most worry about breast cancer. Mm. Now, breast cancer will statistically, statistically affect one out of eight women. But most of those women will do well because of such great advancements that we've made in breast cancer uh, research and treatment in the, in the past couple of years. But the staggering thing is that only one out of every three women will die of a cardiovascular disease issue sometime in their life. That's our sisters, our mothers, our best friends. And I think that that's what Go Red for Women is all about, is letting us know that we have to know our risks, what we can do to change them, and really work with our medical professionals to live our healthiest life. It's interesting you say that, one out of three women, because of the people I know who have had a heart attack or stroke, my grandmother is the one who actually had a stroke oh. as a woman and was also a nurse. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. as we looked back and peeled back the onions of her life, I realized, well, all of those microwave dinners that she used to make for herself and the high sodium and the, you know, the hungry man Salisbury steaks when she'd put more salt on oh. top of that and drink that with cans of oh. regular Coke. Unhealthy. Again, someone who probably should have known better. But as a woman, as you were saying, was that wasn't on her radar. No, and, and actually, statistically speaking as well, too, women have more strokes than men. But I think if you ask general public who gets strokes, they'd say older men. Right. So I just think we need to talk more about it and, and realize that we as women are at risk of the same things that men are, if not more in some cases. Okay. Another question about that. Uh, we had talked earlier, you know, I find that women are in that uh, unique situation where they get to have the visits with the doctor earlier in life and then more frequently as, as it goes on. How come this isn't brought up more with, with their doctor, these conversations about heart health? I think this is something that we just have to try more, even as medical professionals as well, too. We, we have to talk about this more. And I think people consistently think of heart disease as being a older person's disease, and it's not. I, in my short career so far, have taken care of people who've had heart attacks in their 20s and in their 30s. They're having high cholesterol in their 20s and 30s, blood pressure issues in their teens. I think that in the next coming of years, I, we will all talk more about this, and we have to to save people. 20s and 30s? 20s and 30s. Wow. Were those genetic conditions? Some were. Um, smoking, I have to, I'm very proud of everyone of cutting down. That smoking is a huge risk factor for uh, stroke, uh, cardiac 
cardiac disease as worse peripheral vascular disease. But we're we're seeing people, yes, in their 20s and 30s hmm. as well. So what age would you say should we as patients or as people start talking to our doctors and then vice versa, if there's any doctors listening mm -hmm. uh, this afternoon, what age should they start talking to their patients? What's an appropriate age? I mean, as a cardiologist, I'd say now we have to start talking and looking at risk factors. So traditionally things like hypertension, high cholesterol, smoking history, um, family history is super important. So if you're a healthy 22-year-old boy, but your dad had heart attack in his 40s, we got to start talking now about what we can do to change things for you. Mm. Okay. Um, or also, even like 50s, 60s, seven, at any age, really. At, at any age, really any age. But I think we can do a lot of preventative help if we know our risk factors too. Obesity, start now. We have to talk about it. Wow. Um, what is a well woman visit? Because that's one of the yeah. things that they're encouraging women to, to do uh, this month and with the Go Red for Women Day. What, what, what goes on during a well woman visit? And I think it's a little bit different for what type of doctor you're seeing. As a, For instance, if you're seeing a well woman visit and you're going to your primary care or OBGYN, that's going to be a little bit different than my well, uh, well woman visits. For myself, we start by talking about history, what you've had in the past. And it's also knowing about risk factors that put you at a higher risk of cardiac disease. For instance, if you have high cholesterol, hypertension, if you're a smoker. Uh, also, another thing is if you've had a hit cancer history. A lot of patients who have had breast cancer or lymphomas or leukemias, which have had certain um, chemotherapies as well as radiation to the chest, are at risk for early cardiovascular events. When you have conversations with you know male and female patients, who tends to be more open and most importantly a little bit more honest about what's going on in their life? All different. I'm pretty good at pulling stuff out of people, okay. though. <laughs> we should switch chairs. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, in all seriousness, I make jokes, but. Um, Everybody, every person's different, which is why I love this job so much. You get to meet so many different types of people, and you have to try to relate with them on a doctor to patient level, all different types of cultures, genders, et cetera. So it's just about talking with the patients, trying to relate to them, and trying to get the most information out. Right. I was just thinking about you know my grandparents because I get my grandfather on the phone, and it's how's the weather, and mm -hmm. you know this day in history, mm -hmm. uh, and then from what I've heard, when he he loves going to his doctors, mm -hmm. it's his favorite thing to do. If his doctors tell him to do anything, he's He'll got a bajillion <laughs> questions about medications or uh, procedures mm -hmm. or anything. My grandmother, the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. I have detailed conversations with her about the wind changing directions and whatever reality shows she happened mm -hmm. to find. And I hear when she goes to her doctor, it's no nothing. She, she gives very, you have to pry it out of them. My grandmother was a similar way. I, I think you, you, you have that relationship. Uh, relationships aren't built over one to two visits. I enjoy meeting with my patients, keep talking about different things and asking about how their stress levels are. Different stuff to try to open up, get more information out of them a little bit. Gotcha. Um, let's talk about stress management because oh, we all run through this one. Yeah. Um, and it falls into the go red for women, but uh, eating, drinking, working, sleeping, overtasking yourself. Uh, let's see, just worrying about you know what your kids are gonna be doing tomorrow in school and all the other world problems that we have. Tons of causes and effects of stress. Do you have any tips on how we can deal with this every day? Oh, man, if you had any, I'd like them the same for myself. <laughs> I mean, uh, you had mentioned like cooking, but <laughs> as far as, you know, when it comes to the, the medical impact of how, how do I reduce stress and what it's going to do to my heart? Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to figure out what works for each person. Like I gave that example for myself. It's cooking, listening to music, and really decompressing with my family at the end of the day. Frequent phone conversations, that tends to work for me. 
A lot of uh, people going to the gym and physically exerting themselves helps a lot. Right. Other people, it's reading a book. Um, you just kind of you have to work out and try to find what works for you, and don't settle and keep looking for something else. Um, you know, we tend to do things like that might not be the healthiest, like alcohol. Some people smoke to release. We have to try to find new habits to replace those. Gotcha. And one of the things that the uh, Go Red for Women program encourages is for women to be more mindful of their lifestyle choices. I mean, this is the time of the year that traditionally those mm-hmm. super healthy resolutions, we start looking Fall at the calendar. Apart. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the two key points that they brought up were paying attention to diet and exercise. But I'd like to talk a little bit about cholesterol levels, mm-hmm. too, because you mm-hmm. you had mentioned that earlier. Yeah. How important is it for you to know your cholesterol levels? And is it something where, you know, they say don't weigh yourself every day? Is that kind of the same rule for cholesterol levels? This is actually a little bit controversial. So when I was done with my um, cardiovascular training at Albany Medical Center recently, we got out of favor of knowing 100% what the number was, this number. Is it 150? Is it 160? But I think it's still good to know where your cholesterol lies. If you're someone who has high risk for cardiac disease, you have hypertension, you are an ex-smoker, maybe you're overweight. I would particularly want your cholesterol numbers to be on the lower side of, of that bell curve, let's say. But I don't know that necessarily having your number be 190 is different than your number being 180 at this point. So I think it's it's knowing where you lie on this bell curve if you have high cholesterol is super important to know. Mm. But we really try now to treat to somebody's risk factors. If you're a diabetic, I want you are on a higher intensity statin medication. I want your blood pressure well controlled. If you're an ex-smoker and you already have one history of a stroke, I'm gonna treat you more aggressively with your cholesterol numbers. So I think it, it's, it still goes case by case for me. Yeah, one of the things that uh, Dr. Solenberger in a mm-hmm. previous Heart Talk episode, he had talked about, you know, he wished that there was the same, I don't, it wasn't stigma, but the same uh, interest that people have in, in knowing their blood pressure. Mm as they would know their cholesterol levels. I agree. I agree. I think you, it's it's all about, we've talked a lot about today, about knowing your risks. And that's what we can try to intervene and attack. So I do. I think that all women should know your blood pressure and what your cholesterol numbers are, as well as, unfortunately, our most current weights, because those are important too. <laughs> that's one of those, uh, going to have to pry it out of them conversations, Ooh, yes, yes. I think. Um, and one of the things that I'd like to close on, and I just found this so powerful, and we put some of the videos up on our website mm-hmm. at capitalcardiology.com, but one of the themes for the Go Red for Women was more time. Mm-hmm. So what, what would you do if you had more time with the women that you love? That was the big question that they were asking. Oh, good. So I'd spend it laughing and loving. Those are my favorite things. Um, and I think that it's so easy to get so bogged down and so busy in this day and age, all of us. I would spend it laughing and enjoying my relationships with my with my family. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mine is, I, I like to ask questions. Mm, perfect. Because <laughs> you, you get so many, like, from so many different aspects of things. But um, I find, you know, now that I'm getting older in life, I really enjoy the conversations I have with my parents yeah. and my grandparents, especially. Absolutely. Because I feel like I'm that bridge, you know, to my kids that the story doesn't end with me. It's going to, it's got to continue. So I'm with you on that one too. It's great. Um, I am trying to figure out, we have a, like a couple minutes here left. Was there anything else that you wanted to bring up Dr. Stahura? Um, No, I mean, I think if we can just go back to encouraging you to know your, your numbers, like we said, your cholesterol, your blood pressures, and if different things I just want to bring up is actually pre-diabetes puts you at an increased risk of cardiac disease. So even attacking these things before you become a full-blown diabetic or before you become a full-blown hypertensive patient is really trying to catch you before those times and, and intervene on them. 
All right. Uh, National Wear Red Day. It's coming up. It's the first Friday in February. So, ladies, please make sure that you wear some red to raise awareness about heart disease. And, guys, you're encouraged to do it, too. Uh, I get it a lot at the office. I have my red tie that I usually wear that day and my red pen. Absolutely. This has been Heart Talk presented by Capital Cardiology Associates. My guest this week was Dr. Heather Stahura. If you'd like to book an appointment or learn more about Dr. Stahura, you can visit us online at capitalcardiology.com and just click on the Heart Talk banner. Thanks for coming by, Dr. Stahura. Thank you so much for having me. You got it. To learn more about the conditions and procedures discussed by our guests this week, you can visit capitalcardiology.com. We have an extensive patient education page on our site with videos and downloads on many common heart diseases, conditions, services, and procedures, all performed by our physicians and staff in our offices and Albany, Clifton Park, Troy, and Oneonta. Again, our website is capitalcardiology.com. Heart Talk is presented by Capital Cardiology Associates, copyright 2019, and is produced by Rachel Davis for News Radio 810 at 1031 WGY. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.